This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am glad that you are here with us today as we continue our uh, journey of creating a just society right where we are, um, especially in these uh, times that we're in, where there seems to be a lot of more and more injustices, and really a time where social justice has taken on a rather perverted meaning. And I've explained that, uh, how things have gotten twisted over time. Today we're talking about a major way that has done today as we study about social justice and the other person and we'll explain what that means today but man oh man do we have to do some undoing of a knot that has been created by the modern social justice warriors and the social justice warriors cause me a lot of concern and a lot of times they just cause me to roll my eyes in my head as i think oh brother did that really just come out of their mouth uh, learning this week, for example, one way to deal with shootings in Chicago is to, guess what, have a curfew on when shootings can happen. And I just have to think to myself, have we really gotten to this point of insanity? Have you ever had a knot in your shoestring that just left you confused of how to undo it? Or how about an extension cord? That's something I don't get. How does it that we wrap uh, up extension cords and somehow these magical knots get into them? So when we're trying to untangle them, it just leaves us frustrated trying to untwist this extension cord to get it to stretch as far as we need to or maybe even a water hose. We just think, how in the world did that water hose tie a knot all by itself as it seems to have happened? Well, it seems in our modern attempts at social justice that we have tied some knots in the whole approach that we think, I think, how do we even undo this? It seems that social justice is, has gone completely 180 degrees backwards. And so today we're going to identify the problem and put out the truth of how social justice is actually to be handled in a way that is effective and dynamic and actually brings about good and unity. You know, if we are left divided uh, after our attempts at, at solving the problems of injustice, then really we're still just left with injustice because real justice brings about unity and healing. But here's the problem. In modern social justice movements and among all these social justice warriors that you see on Facebook and YouTube and uh, in the streets and on TikTok, is that it's about justice and me. 
you know, especially in Western culture, we are given to individualism. You know, it's about my rights. We don't really see people hollering on television about my neighbor's rights to bear arms and I'm standing up for my neighbor's right to free speech. No, we're standing up for my rights. It's my right to do whatever. And and, and it spills over into other uh, areas of our lives. We talk about my church. You ever talk about that? The church I go to, we refer to it as my church. Or in a discussion or conversation about something, we say, my thought on this is, rather than just saying what the thought is, because we're so given to individualism, this island effect, that somehow things are centered on me. And that is a problem, of course, among humans, is this selfish tendency to center things around us. And the same holds true for social justice. We talk about my right to choose, uh, as if your choice a choices has absolutely no effect on anyone else or on society. And now with all this gender ideology, we hear people talking about my identity, my pronouns are fill in the blank, or my sexual identity is this, or my gender identity is such. And so we, we get into this really bad habit of centering everything around me as if I am an island and I'm having no effect on anyone else and I'm not connected or tied to anyone else. But we'll see in a few moments that if we're to really see the work of justice come about, it has to come about by including the other and really pursuing justice for the other, not for me. It's interesting to me uh, in the Old Testament prophets of the Bible how the prophets never said, well, the widows need to stand up for their own rights or the orphans need to stand up for their rights or the immigrants have got to defend their own rights. Now, the prophets always told the people, defend the rights of the immigrants, defend the rights of the widows and orphans. It's always about defending the rights of the other, not about demanding that people stand up for their own rights at no point. You see any of the ancient prophets saying, stand up for your rights. No, they're always saying, stand up for the rights of others. And God has some real issues with you because you're not defending the rights of who? The other. So justice has become an individualistic pursuit of self-interest. Now we are at a place where to be just, we have to affirm people's individual self-imposed identities. In other words, you have to affirm me or you are being unjust. Well, that's a really narcissistic approach. It really is. I mean, what we're seeing out in the streets and on the news and uh, TikTok, Facebook, whatever, what we're seeing is narcissism on full display. And really, now, sadly, we don't have a bunch of individual narcissists in society. Society itself has become quite narcissistic. Uh, and, and it's sad that we've gotten to the point where if you don't affirm me, then you're being unjust. That is completely the opposite of what justice is. Now, there, the problem of affirming other people's identities is really a trap. And so, you know, 
there's no natural law and at no point in history has it ever been expected of anyone to have to affirm another person's identity. You know, if somebody says, well, I am transgendered and you need to affirm that. My question is, why do I need to affirm that? I mean, is your whole uh, sense of peace and joy and personhood dependent upon whether I affirm you or not? What if I completely reject you? What if I completely say you're a nutcase and I say you are wrong and you are stupid? What if I were to say that to you? Would you then lose all sense of peace and joy within yourself? Well, if that's true, then you're not in a good place mentally or spiritually. Because people who are in a good spiritual, mental, and emotional place do not need the affirmation of others. In fact, when you look at the saints, the saints often shied away from the praise of other people. The saints didn't want, they did not want the affirmation of others. They only cared about affirmation from God. And so we have to get to a point where we stop this, this mental insanity and spiritual insanity of having to affirm each other's identities. You know, when I'm in meetings, people, you know, they say, well, we need you to state your pronouns. I refuse to state my pronouns. First of all, you can look at me and you can easily tell what my pronouns are. Why? Because I have a beard. I have a very deep voice. And if you look at my face... I am very easily identified as a man, you see. But then again, I don't need your affirmation of that. I don't need anyone to come to me and say, Michael, I am just affirming and agreeing that you are a man. If somebody came up to me and said that, I would say, I really don't care what your opinion or thought is of who I am. And I would probably laugh at them. Because it's silly. This, it's a trap. It's a form of slavery to have to affirm each other. It's a form of slavery for me to have to, to say, I agree with you on how you identify. Or for me to have to agree that you feel oppressed. Now, I can observe a situation and say, wow, it seems like this group of people or the people in this neighborhood are being oppressed. And then I can take action, say to talk to them, say, Hey, is there any way I can help? But for somebody to come up to me and say, I feel oppressed. My first question to them is what evidence do you have that you're oppressed? What's going on? Give me the facts. That's what I tell people all the time. You know, it doesn't matter to me what you feel like is happening to you. I've had lots of times in my life where I felt like something was happening to me only for someone to correct me and show me the truth. Like, okay, I need to get my head back in line. By the way, if you hear that my voice is a little rough today, it's summertime, it's August, and for the last three days, it's been in the hundreds. It was 108 degrees a couple days ago, 104 degrees yesterday, and today it's cooled down to a comfortable 99 degrees. But I've had this cold and for a couple of weeks, I've had the common cold. And it's really weird in the summertime to have the common cold. 
You know, that's a wintertime thing, you think. In the wintertime, when you're sick, everybody else is sick, and everybody's like, oh, boo-hoo, you know, I feel sick. And everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I just had that a couple weeks ago. In the summertime, though, it's a lonely place to be. It's a weird place to tell people, yeah, I can't come into work today because I have a cold. Yeah, I know it's August. I know it's in the hundreds, but I have a cold. And I have sinus pressure, I'm coughing, I'm sneezing, all this. Had that over the last couple of weeks. I'm finally over it, but I'm still at that point where there's a lot of drainage going to cause my voice to sound rough and to, to have to stop and cough from time to time. So if you hear roughness, that's why. It's not because my voice has gotten even deeper, but uh, that's why. But yeah, getting back to this identity thing, you know, it's just like... Whether you feel oppressed or not is not the issue. What do the facts say? What's the evidence? And if there is evidence and it's for sure that you're being oppressed, then let's work together and do something about that and get to a solution. But let's not go into all these self-imposed identity crisis and all this, you know, you have to affirm me. No, nobody has to affirm you as an individual. Now, it's good to encourage each other. I want to say that. It's very good to encourage one another. In fact, in the scriptures, we're commanded to encourage one another. But encouraging one another means instilling the courage uh, into others to keep going. But to affirm means that I'm having to agree with you on something that maybe I don't actually agree with you on. And that's okay. There should be room for disagreement, but it seems anymore that we've become so narcissistic in our approach to social justice and our, have twisted and perverted the meaning of justice to the point where there's no room for disagreement. Free speech and the free marketplace of ideas has been thrown out the window. And a friend, I use that word lightly, but a friend I worked with many years ago on the streets with the homeless who had a kind of a strange approach to what he thought was social justice, he would carry a video camera around in his hand, and any time he saw a city official or one of the authorities, he would do what's called an ambush interview. He would just jump out at them, turn on the camera, start recording, put the camera in face, and start barraging them with a series of questions. I remember one day we were walking past Portland City Hall, and one of the city attorneys comes out of city hall and he boom there's my friend camera recording that guy's face and just starts just chasing the guy down the sidewalk asking him all kinds of questions and then he just yells out to the guy i bet you walk watch fox news i thought well that's kind of a strange judgment <laughs> upon the guy um and then he says the guy's like well how would you know what news i watch and he says well you got the suit and tie on stuff and thought to myself, well, conservatives and liberals both wear suits and ties, so that's a strange judgment. Again, this whole sense of there can't be the other in their opinion and their way of looking at things. It's about me and my right and my standard. And there's one of the traps that we fall into as human beings as we create a standard within ourselves, and then we get upset when others do not live up to that standard. For example, one of the standards in society is that um, uh, is that uh, people will say people that my sexual 
orientation is moral and it's correct and it should be accepted by others and then what we do is judge the others by that standard so if somebody comes along and says i don't agree with your lifestyle then we get angry and we judge them as if they've broken one of nature's laws but they haven't broken one of nature's laws they've only broken your law and your law is allowed to be broken i'm originally from the state of indiana and what if i developed a law within myself a standard that says i'm from indiana and everybody that's not from indiana is a bad person and then i started asking people hey where you're from and they're like oh, i'm from oklahoma and i'm like wow you're a terrible human being it would be like what do you mean i'm terrible just because i'm from oklahoma it's like well because you're not from indiana you see although that's a silly example it's the idea that i've developed a standard and somehow now I judge others by that standard. However, as silly as my example is, the fact is the standards that society has created is just as pathetic because many of the standards in our society now is that there's this agreed upon standard and really it's an individualistic standard. And then if you don't come into line with that standard, then you're wrong you should be yelled at. You should have your business burned down. And you should be protested. You see, and that's, that's just not the way it goes about. That's very, again, narcissi narcissistic, very false, and very ego-centered. So then it becomes all about identity and not true social justice. So what do we do? What do we do about these things? Well, we have to get back to what justice is really all about, and it's about the other. The fact is, we are all called by our Creator to love. And as uh, one of the saints said, to love is to will the good of the other. To will the good of the other, that's love. And we are called and we're created to love. But as humans, we have this sinful tendency to selfishness, and individualism. It's like, you know, I've mentioned Jean-Paul Sartre before, you know, and you've got these classic philosophers, you know, Aristotle, different ones who, you know, talked about that there's a creator and we are like a blank slate and the creator writes the events and the people of our lives on that blank slate and circumstances and other people write up on the slate of our lives. But Sartre comes along in the 1950s and says, no, there is no God. You, as an individual, have a blank slate in front of you, and you determine what gets written on the events of your life. And what has happened from Sartre's philosophy is that now um, people believe what Sartre said. I write on that slate what my gender is. I write what my sexual orientation is. I write what kind of family, what I, how I want to define family. I determine if I want to abort my baby, my body, my choice, and on and on it goes. We become extremely self-centered and individualistic. But in true justice, there is us. Now, I'm not talking about communist us or socialist us, but as a creature... There is the human community, us. In other words, I am deeply and intimately connected to the rest of creation. And what I do 
does affect uh, creation. In fact, St. Paul says in the scriptures that because of human choice to sin, all of creation has felt the effect. The animals have felt the negative effect of human choices. The earth, the other planets, all creation has experienced the fall of humanity. Now, there's also a tendency to do justice for the neighborhood. Now, hear this one out, because you may not have thought about this, because I talk a lot about creating a just society right in your neighborhood, but there is a tendency to do justice for the neighborhood just so that the neighborhood is comfortable for us, and then we don't have to deal with any problems. Look inside yourself, say, yeah, I'm creating a just society in my neighborhood, but are you doing it just so you can have a comfortable place to to live? So you don't have to deal with any problems. You know, uh, Rich Mullins, a legendary contemporary Christian singer who's now dead, passed away. He, he said, we want to create this Christian niche with our little Christian wife and our little Christian kids and our little house and our little neighborhood uh, free from gays and, and minority groups and stuff. But he said Christianity is about being in touch with the broken. You know, and that's the thing is, do we want to create just society because we do not want people in our neighborhood suffering? Or is it because we just want to make sure everything's comfortable for us? Uh, the comedian George Carlin said, you know, he's convinced that the, the progressives who want to fight for the environment and fight against climate change and to drive certain cars and all that, he says he doesn't want, he said they don't want that because they actually care about the environment he said not at least not in the abstract they do it so that they don't have to be inconvenienced as a person do we want to clean up the streets with homelessness because we genuinely care about the humans involved and we don't want to see people suffering on the streets or do we do it because we don't want to have to be in a city with ugliness and human messiness Why is it that we wait until certain lines of brokenness are crossed before we take action instead of taking action the moment we see brokenness? You know, I think uh, oftentimes we sit on our couches at home and we watch television. We watch the news, especially now the 24-hour news cycles. And we watch all these scenes of human tragedy in front of us with no emotion. And then we get upset, though, when something comes on the news that personally affects us. And we've got to get away from this. We've got to get back to the place of other and realize that as humans, we are all tied together and we're tied in and connected to the rest of creation. We are not islands. We are a conglomerate of humans tied together so that we cannot act without affecting others and we cannot have others acting without affecting us. I think of, you know, when you go to the fair, or go to the amusement park and play bumper cars. It's one of my favorite things to do is bumper cars. It's fun to just purposely get in car wrecks, I guess. But uh, it's fun. But it's impossible when you're doing bumper cars to not affect the directions others are driving. People are Driving past you, you get hit by somebody, and then you run into that person, you knock them off course. That's kind of how it is. We're so tied closely together as human beings that we cannot act 
without either blessing another person or knocking them off course. Now, some of you listening, including myself, may be old enough to remember Mr. Magoo. Do you remember Mr. Magoo, the cartoon character who couldn't see past his nose? Well, we kind of treat social justice like Mr. Magoo treated life. Me, 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 and constantly mistaking what's in front of us and not seeing what's happening in front of us. But God has not created us to be islands. God has created us to be family. And many people talk about the human family, yet we maybe unfortunately act like family. (laughs) We yell at each other. We don't talk to each other and only see each other because we have to because it's Thanksgiving, right? Well, God has called us to justice. And God's call to justice goes much higher. It takes us to the realm where we create a world that involves everybody. It doesn't exclude, it doesn't pinpoint, and it doesn't isolate individuals or groups. True justice is a reality that works for the benefit of everyone involved and not for my benefit. May we truly work for the benefit of the other as we create a just society right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.